Let's take our Bibles. We're going to open to Ruth chapter 3. Maybe it's on page 308 in your pew Bible. Ruth chapter 3. Hear the word of God. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? Now Boaz, whose young women you were with, is he not a relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself, put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be, when he lies down, that you shall notice the place where he lies, and you shall go in, uncover his feet, and lie down, and he will tell you what you should do. And, he, and she said to her, All that you say to me I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk, and as our heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain, and she came softly, un- uncovered his feet, and lay down. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself. And there a woman was lying at his feet. And he said, Who are you? So she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Then he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter. For you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning, in that you did not go after young men, whether whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all all that you request, for all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. Now it is true that I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Stay this night. And in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good, let him do it. But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you. As the Lord lives, lie down until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning. And she arose before one could recognize another. Then she said, or then he said, do not let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, Bring the shawl that is on you and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six ephahs of barley and laid it on her. Then she went into the city. When she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Is that you, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her. And she said, These six ephahs of barley he gave me. For he said to me, Do not go empty-handed to your mother-in-law. Then she said, Sit still, my daughter until you know how the matter will turn out. For the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. That's the word of God. May the Lord add his blessing to this word we've read. After the sermon, we're going to be singing When Peace Like a River, that's page 89 in the supplement, the spiral-bound supplement for psalms and hymns. Um, just one verse I want to begin with, Ruth chapter 3, verse 1, if you look at it, that kind of captures the whole chapter. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? 
Congregation, brothers and sisters loved by the Lord Jesus Christ, have you ever forced yourself into someone's life? You ever imposed, intruded into somebody's life? Many people are so polite, they'd rather not interfere. But you, some of you are good at this. Maybe to get a job, you went out of your way to get a job. Maybe for some of you it was a relationship you really wanted. And so we see this morning Ruth. This is fascinating. Ruth the Moabitess inserts her life into Boaz, into the life of Boaz. And I hope you have a sense just in our reading this morning how risky this was and risque this was. There's all this clever planning and, and there's secrecy under darkness. And here's Ruth pretty much proposing to Boaz. And at the end, whether you're new to this chapter or you're very familiar with it, you are already excited for Ruth and for Naomi. This story brings us in and it captivates us because we do want Ruth to be doing this. We want her to get Boaz. He is the one. There's this match made in heaven, and we love it. Never mind that it's countercultural, even for them, how risky it is, how bold Ruth is. She's putting it all on the line for her Redeemer. I know it says in our translation, a close relative. Technically, he's a kinsman Redeemer. You'll see it in verse 9 or verse 12 and verse 13. And behind there is the word Redeemer. The one who would save. Not just save her, but save her family, save her land, her household, her entire future. And you know this is all pointing us to the great Redeemer, right? It's kind of obvious. The one the whole Bible is about the one Job spoke of, I know my Redeemer lives, Jesus Christ. In the same way that Ruth pursues Boaz, we're coming with the same message this morning. As church, we ought to pursue our Redeemer. Each of you, each of us, ought to be pursuing Jesus Christ daily for full redemption. And I want you to imagine for a moment that Ruth says to Naomi, you know, after Naomi lays out this whole grand plan, this great scheme, and uh, Ruth says, nah, I'm rather busy with the harvest right now, can't you tell? I'm tired. He knows, Boaz knows where I live. He knows where to find me, where we live. And that would be a really lousy story. Yet you think about this, how often don't you look at your Redeemer like it's totally up to Him? Maybe you say this often, it's totally up to God. And that somehow gives you an excuse to sit there and wait. Let Him find me. You know, I'd like to grow in faith, but I'd like Him to find me. If He's passionate about my faith, if He's passionate about our future, about the kingdom, He knows where we live, let Him come. That kind of passivity is the death of the church. And I want you to see, we're being encouraged to work for revival. 
Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Philippians 2, right? Don't just sit there and do nothing. How often doesn't Jesus Christ say, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who are thirsty, Jesus says. Come to me, all you who are hungry. I am the bread of life, He says. Follow me. He says, seek me while I may be found. So the message I'm bringing is, pursue your Redeemer. Get out of the rut. Where's your first love? Remember Revelation chapter 2 and 3? Where's your first love? How come you're okay with being lukewarm? And that's the point we're hearing. Let's begin with verse 1. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? I have a New King James Version, and it has a footnote on the word security. This one over here doesn't. But the footnote, if you had one, would say rest. My daughter, shall I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Naomi has come a long ways. We met her, the mother-in-law, you know, we met her in chapter 1. She has been mara. She has been bitter. She's been complaining that God has returned her empty. And then chapter 2, there's this transition. She seems to perk up. Now, Naomi is up and running. Top form. She's thinking beyond herself. She's thinking of Ruth. How can it go well with her? Shall I not seek rest for you? That's a huge word in the Bible, the word rest. It's like our our translation says security. That kind of captures some of it. It means of the land, that the land is quiet. If you hear the land is at rest, you know there's no warfare. It's productive. The land would be productive. It means relief. It means everything in life falls into place as it should. It's the opposite of just trying to eke out an existence. The opposite of just trying to survive like Ruth and Naomi. You would say, that's rest. Micah 4 verse 4 says, Everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. Put it in today's language. No one's going to make you anxious and worried. It's the word for home. How would you describe home? It's a place of safety and peace. This is where you can lean back. Put your feet up. Nothing's going to bother you. And that's what this chapter is about. Verse 1, Naomi says, I'm going to find rest for you. And I want you to understand that means home. Verse 18, Boaz, it comes at the end of the chapter. So you hear this starting, rest. It comes at the end, verse 18, Boaz will not rest. Boaz will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. The point is, Ruth is a widow. She's an outsider. She's basically scavenging just getting those leftover crumbs that fall from the table of Israel. She has been about survival. And Naomi has this brilliant idea, don't just stop there. Don't just accept that. You know that your Redeemer lives. And I want to highlight this. 
Remember chapter 1? The beautiful poetry of Naomi, I mean of Ruth. Remember Ruth comes up with this beautiful sing-song thing, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you are buried, I will be buried. Remember how we looked at that and asked, does she even know what she's talking about? As Christmas comes, you're going to hear these songs like, Mary, did you know? I think of Ruth. Ruth, did you know? The song about Mary. Mary, did you know that your baby would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. You have in that song of Mary, the song, um, Mary, did you know? You should be playing Ruth. Did you have a clue of what you were saying when you said, I want to pursue the land, the people, the God of Israel. Does she know that that's where her Redeemer, her redemption, her full family's redemption is coming? Do you know God's covenant promises? And we're going to have to say, whatever she knew, she grabbed at it. She went for it with gusto. She says, Your God will be my God. And God says, I will be your God. That's my promise. Ruth says, your people will be my people. And God says, that's exactly it. I will make you a great people. Where you get buried, Ruth is saying, I will be buried. And God is saying, that's exactly my promise. I have a land for you. And you will be buried there. And that is where your resurrection will be. And if you're watching as you get to chapter 2, the closer Ruth gets to Israel, the more of God's promises come full. Ruth began to come under the wings of God. Remember that? Come under the wings of God, entering His sphere of grace. God's design for the poor, that was just one effect that you could find in the land of Israel of those who would follow God's law. Not all the field was harvested, but you could find food left standing for the poor. And we saw Ruth had been coming under the wing of God, under the furthest most, you remember the picture, wings outstretched, under the furthest reach where it's like the gray area, the extreme edge, the fringe, and already there, she is overwhelmed by the grace of God. And you might think, good, that's good enough. Let's just stay over there, where you've just encountered some of God's provision. You've got it made, right? You've got food supply. Sit back. This is the time you're taken care of. No, no, look at Naomi's buzzing. She's brainstorming. She's crazy about this. She says, there is more yet. There's something of the rest of God. And it's the opposite of toiling and being enslaved. The opposite of merely existing. What if I found you rest? I know a way. Naomi speaks of a person responsible, embedded in the laws of God in the Old Testament. There's someone called the Redeemer. A close relative 
who would bail you out and give you rest, give you safety, security, peace. And with those words, Naomi is speaking about a man in Ruth's life. A man. Brothers, young men or old men, you're designed by God to protect. Think about your strength and your stamina, your aggression, your passion. It's designed by God to fight enemies. Enemies out there and to guard what you have here. Men, you are there to be a safe place, to, to make what is called a home, where a family can be at rest. Think about it. How many of you men, when you come home from a day at work, the family is relieved to have you home? Or is it possible that you are not bringing rest? That when you come home from work, the family goes into hiding? Because that's very likely. And Naomi has a plan. Ruth, pursue a redeemer. A man who will give you rest. Who will make a home a safe place for you. And so Naomi's plan, she quickly tells it to Ruth and it goes like this. Go wash, anoint yourself, put on your garments. Go down to the threshing floor, lie down at his feet. He'll tell you what to do. It's pretty straightforward. But I want to summarize the first point I'm bringing. Why pursue your Redeemer? Why pursue your Redeemer? Because God's Word gives you hope. And don't settle for just barely existing. God's Word is giving you hope that all His promises are fulfilled in your Redeemer. Don't just settle. Don't just lie back. Don't just do nothing. Don't just wait for God. What we love about Ruth and Naomi is this gusto, this drive. They take hold of God's promises and grip. Even those Old Testament promises about rest through the great Redeemer. So the first point was the passion to pursue. The passion to pursue. Secondly, the proposal. The proposal. I've looked at this chapter for some time. And part of me wonders why we have this whole chapter. Why doesn't Naomi, I always ask these questions, why doesn't Naomi just say, Ruth, here's your plan. Go over to uh, the house where Boaz lives tomorrow when he's back home. Okay? When he's home, go knock on his door and ask him, will you marry me? And I say that because, because this chapter makes me very nervous. I hope no one, especially no young lady, takes notes from Naomi and Ruth. This is not a great plan. Get all your pretty looking and pretty smelling. Go down to the threshing floor where the men are. All those men that the other day Boaz had said, during the daylight Boaz says, don't touch her. And now she's going there at night. Give your head a shake. 
And I know most people are going to say this. Ruth is a woman of integrity. You read it in the Bible. She's a woman of valor. You know that. Boaz is calling her that. We understand. Most people defend Ruth. She can do no wrong. Maybe, maybe that's your take on it. But let me say it. This is iffy. At best, this is an iffy plan. And it's important to call it like it is because as we see the great Redeemer, by God's grace... By God's grace, we see nothing bad happened. There's enough suggestion, there are enough red flags in the original language like uncovering his feet kind of language. There's enough to say this is an iffy plan. Don't do it. And at the same time, you have to admit this is, this is typical of God. Quite common in the Bible. There's heroes in the Bible. Heroines, uh, they get themselves in a sticky mess Think of Abraham. I'll just pick one, for example. Abraham, he lies about his wife, says, she's actually my sister. Sarah is actually my sister. And he's in hot water. And do you think of that pattern, though? No matter who you are, you call out to the Lord in your trial. When you thought your plan was a great plan, you cry out to the Lord. What do we learn about the Lord? He bails you out. This is your Redeemer. He redeems you. That's His specialty. And you see this. Pursuing your Redeemer. Boaz could be everything that Ruth wanted in a man. His, uh, it's her Redeemer. And she goes about it in a sketchy... It's a bit sketchy. We love her for taking action though. Doing something instead of nothing. And what we love most is that she is all in. Ruth puts her entire being into this. And it could go terribly wrong. You sense that it's nighttime, there's a lot of men, they're very happy. What if, just saying, what if she got pregnant out of wedlock? She could hardly support her mother-in-law as it is. What kind of an idea, what kind of a plan does she have? And more than that, she, she is all in. But Ruth herself, in her plan, she puts Boaz in a tight spot. Boaz is in a bit of a pickle because his reputation's on the line. His name, remember? He's a man of valor, man of integrity. His honor is on the line. And Naomi's plan is that Ruth would be all in. Ruth would be down on that threshing floor and there could be, there could be such a scandal. Is Boaz a man of integrity like we hope? Is he a man of valor or is he just going to follow his basic instincts? Ruth is all in. And she wants rest. And there's a picture of the rest that she wants. In the middle of the night. She gives a picture of a home, a safe place. How does that picture work? Well, she lifts the garment of Boaz and sneaks in to sleep at his feet. She's pretending. She's making a little picture of home. The rest that she is looking for. Please, Provide it for me. 
And so there's Boaz. He's uh, startled in verse 8. Who are you? He's half asleep. And she says, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are my redeemer. Literally, she is saying, you are my redeemer. Ruth is calling him the redeemer, that close relative who is supposed to protect. He's the man of the family. He's the one to protect from losing your people. Even a widow could be joined to this man to conceive children. There's a whole passage on this, Deuteronomy 25, verse 5, about leveret marriage. There's a whole plan that God had prepared for this, that this Redeemer could save you, protect you from childlessness if you lost your first husband. And He's protect you. He, this man is also, for various reasons, He's able to protect you from losing your land. Let's say you got in severe debt. Leviticus 25 verse 47 will tell you how this man could redeem your family from debt and not lose the land that was inherited, your inheritance in your family. And this Redeemer, He is the protector. He is the one who would chase out the murderer. If someone was murdered accidentally in your family, He would be the one to pursue. He's going to chase after the one who is guilty of manslaughter, chase him off to some city of refuge. That is just a few things that this Redeemer is supposed to do. And I want you to catch this. He is to protect. He's the one who would give you rest from losing everything. But really, how much does Ruth know? I mean, has she studied this? Did Naomi or did Malon, her husband, tell her all of this? She says to Boaz, just take your blanket, cover me. Cover me with the edge the wing, the outermost reach of your grace and kindness. Let me rest in your shadow. Make a home for me. Well, Boaz is wide awake now, right? Verse 10. He's wide awake. Blessed are you, he says. You have shown more kindness. Great word there. You've shown more kindness, that steadfast, committed, faithful love at the end than at the beginning. Remember, you've been amazing to your mother-in-law at the beginning. Your steadfast, committed love to her, but you're even more kind to me right now. You know what that means? Boaz is saying, you're really kind to me? Maybe you want to think, oh, it's about romance or something. No, Boaz spells it out. He says, you didn't go after some young man, whether poor or rich. And here, I guess Boaz has given you a hint that he's a lot older than Ruth is. But he's saying, this is your commitment of love. You aren't pursuing the young poor man, which would be out of love, marrying for love. That's why you would go after a young poor man. And you aren't pursuing the young rich man, pursuing for status or wealth. You're pursuing me for me, a redeemer. Blessed are you for pursuing me, because you recognize God has set me apart to rescue families, to 
to rescue you in your situation. And Boaz, he's he's excited. It reminds me of a boy, let's say a 10-year-old boy. I just make this up. A dad is about to leave home. Uh, He's going to be away for a few days. And he says to his 10-year-old son, take care of your mom. Take care of your sisters, your brother. When your dad's gone, mom texts a picture of the boy. You know what he's doing? He's got in his slingshot and he's standing on guard protecting the house. A 10-year-old boy knows his job. He's wired for this. He is the man of the house when his dad is gone. He is proud for how God has designed him. And Boaz is doing this. He's saying, blessed are you of the Lord. I am wired for this. I'm appointed for this. This is my glory. This is God's glory. Let God work in me and through me. His promises will come full through me. He promises. God promised offspring. He promised land. He promised safety. And the Redeemer says, That's my job. I'm delighted to do this. And I hope you see Jesus Christ in this, brothers and sisters. Boaz, as he stands up like a man, a man of valor, this is your Redeemer. Pointing to Jesus Christ, your Redeemer. You have Jesus Christ. And he stands. You want to know my pleasure? The greatest pleasure in life? Is that you come to me, Jesus says. And maybe you come to me like Ruth does with Naomi's messy plan and it's all iffy-like. Maybe you come to Jesus like you really shouldn't. Maybe you've got these mixed motives and you're coming for the wrong reasons, for, for your health or for wealth or fix my issue that I've got right now. But look at your Redeemer. Look at Jesus Christ. And you're beginning to realize the smile, His pleasure, He enjoys this. This is His delight. The fullness of all blessing is in Him. And He's saying, come to me. I've got rest for you. You want relief? Come to me. There's a parable in Luke 11. Jesus is teaching His disciples to pray. And it describes in a parable somebody who's very rude in the middle of the night banging on the neighbor's door. And Jesus says something along the lines of, that's how you pray to your father. It doesn't matter how you bang on the door. Come to me. Luke 18, you remember there's a parable of this unrighteous judge and this widow that persistent comes to the judge. And Jesus Christ says, that's how you come to the Father. You don't have to get it all straight and figure out how to be all just right and lined up perfectly. You come to the Father. That is the most important thing in your life, to come to Him. And the bottom line is, here is Jesus Christ. You come to me, how honored I am. This is my glory, you come to me. This is the glory of the Father. You come to me. I want to close off this story. 
Notice they have to part ways. Boaz, at the threshing floor, he's mentioned a little wrinkle in the plan that there turns out to be another redeemer, another family member, and uh, save that for some other time. But her story ends today with Boaz giving Ruth a parting gift, a pledge of some sort. It's a promise. Six measures of barley. And that's how the day ends. The day ends, Ruth comes home to Naomi with all this news. She's unloading all the news and the load of barley. And it's a promise. My Redeemer is at work right now. A Redeemer. He's given this barley a blessing. One blessing of many. And He's saying, I'm invested in this. You just think about your life. The things that go well. God's gift to you. And God is saying, I'm invested in this. To make your life go well. I've got this. And you see verse 18, how it ends. Naomi, sits, Naomi says, sit still, my daughter. Calm down. Be at rest. Right? That's all loaded in the word, sit still. For the man will not rest until he has concluded this matter. This is key. If you're someone who runs to your Redeemer, you at this moment have already found rest in Him. If you pour yourself into your Redeemer, seeking His kingdom first, He's taking care of all these other things that will be added unto you. You should come away this morning from Ruth chapter 3 with the sense that this is what makes Ruth so amazing. She threw herself down at the feet of her Redeemer, literally. And He knows. And He's taking care of things for her. And it's not how properly I come to my Lord. You catch that, right? It's not how properly I've come to my Lord. It's that I've come to my Lord. Let's seek the Lord while He may be found. Let's pour ourselves into Him. Please, brothers and sisters, don't say it's totally up to Him. Don't say that about your Redeemer. He knows where I live. He can find me. You want to know the glory of God? You want to know what delights Jesus Christ? Say, you come to Him. Pray to Him. Throw yourself at His feet. Delight in every word that comes from His mouth. And realize, this is only the tip of all the iceberg of blessings in Jesus Christ. Do we even know the half of what He will do for His people? Let's delight in the Lord. Let's delight in fellowship with others who love our Redeemer. He is our rest. You catch that, right? He is our rest, our security, our home. Amen.